Good evening, denizens of Internet Wonderland. <clears throat> Sorry, I had to clear my throat there for a moment. I hope my voice finds you well. Welcome back to my home. This is Cheshire's Place. As always, I am your host, the melodious one, Mr. Cheshire. You can always find me in my small little corner of Internet Wonderland by clicking a like on the Facebook group page, Cheshire's Place, a looking glass and a logical madness. You can listen to this episode and all other content on Spotify for Podcasters, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Samsung Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and many other platforms. And if you ever feel like dropping a line saying hi or giving any thoughts or suggestions for upcoming episodes, feel free to email me at CheshireLookingGlass at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter. Yes, I'm going to continue to say Twitter. At Place Cheshire. Also, for behind-the-scene antics and shenanigans and all fun stuff after the show, you can always find us on TikTok at Cheshire Place, and also our Instagram, which is always going to be on um, construction because we hardly take pictures of ourselves, at at Cheshire uh, Cheshire Looking Glass. Almost got that wrong. But anyways, I think it's time that we actually cover our final hurrah for this uh, 
two weekend wrestling endeavor that we've been on. We covered All In, and we covered some of the drama relating to All In, especially CM Punk being terminated, which I was looking online, and um, WrestleSide News is already mentioning that CM Punk should be coming out with a, um, a statement relating to his termination from AEW. Then, of course, there's a lot of speculations with CM Punk possibly going back to WWE, but he did burn a lot of bridges with that. So we'll be giving you more coverage on CM Punk Gate as it unfolds. That's right. Uh, feel free to copyright that if you want. You know, if you want to use a two hashtag it, you know, add us in on the hashtag. But tonight we have to cover All Out 2023 in Chicago. And what I mean by we is that I am not alone. As always, I do have my wonderful cast of characters from the Looking Glass crew. So, starting off with some introductions. First and foremost, we're going to go ahead and get a little sensual up in here. Because he is the international authority of the stage. He is the silver-tongued devil. He is the sexual chocolate of internet wonderland, tantalizing the juices and pleasures of all the lucky ladies out there in the world. He is the one, the only, D Twizzle. D, how's it going today, man? Uh, it's going really good, really good. It's like I said, it's been a pretty long weekend for sure. Yeah, it has. I mean, I mean, thankfully it is Labor Day weekend, so yeah. we, we get a small little break. Yeah, you know, at least for sure. At least y'all do. I don't. I have still have to work tomorrow. Damn. Yeah, it's all right. But then we go to this next wonderful individual. Coming to the stage, he is our resident voice. He is the delicious beard that all the women are jealous of and all the women want to rub up on. We've uh, spent quite quite a bit of time together over the, the past couple of days, and uh, and got plenty of things to talk about for sure. Yes, definitely, definitely. Now, normally I would have Sally Stitch on, but. Um, this weekend has been very long for her, so she's actually sleeping right now on the couch, snug as a bug. I just forgot to put a blanket over her, but I'll make sure that she makes it to bed. But anyways, gentlemen, we have to talk about All Out. Yes, we do. By God, th- this was... It was a good show. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm not disappointed at all. Expect nothing less... Quite pleased with uh, with what we got to witness today. Yes, mm-hmm. definitely. Now, ladies and gentlemen out there in Internet Wonderland, we're going to give you our reviews of tonight's events. Now, mind you, everyone has their own opinion about, you know, the pay-per-view and everything and the controversy. And thankfully, the crowd in Chicago was not... They were not destructive as we thought they would be. I I guess they got it all out during Collision, during Tony Khan's announcement about CM Punk's firing. Uh, Sorry, I shouldn't say firing. Termination. Now, mind you, CM Punk was terminated with just cause, which means his professional contract and his employment contract done, which will cost him quite a bit of money uh, that he could have made during the rest of the duration of his contract and 
I think it was a three to five year contract that he was on. But, you know, as I said, we'll be covering CM Punk gate a lot more. Um, as soon as we get more news and mind you, we watch wrestle talk. We watch what culture WrestleMania. they normally get the news first, but we will definitely talk about it as well and give our personal insights to it. But anyways, folks, we definitely need to dive into this. Um, we're definitely going to be talking about our favorite moments because there was a lot of them, especially for one particular match, which, yeah, we're, we're just going to talk about that. Um, let me, uh, no, no, <laughs> me. hold on. God damn it. Come on. <sighs> Sometimes the interwebs does not want to work for me. But it's okay. Ah, there we go. So, before we begin, what are y'all thoughts on the CM Punk situation? You know, I know we discussed it yesterday, but with some of the additional news that's came out as of late, what what do y'all think? Starting with JJ. Um, I I guess I haven't really been keeping up with any of the new um, which columns updates, but yeah. I mean. I, I don't think my opinion's changed unless anything drastically different has come out. And from the sound of it, nothing that mm-hmm. would absolve him from his actions has surfaced. So No, nothing has really came out yet. Uh, D? Um, well, I mean, kind of like along the same boats. I'm probably just more frustrated about the whole incident and things. Um, like I said, I don't know what he's going to do next. You know, whether it's trying to recruit, recoup some of the losses that he has with it and everything from his contract termination. I mean, if anything, he'll probably um, I'll probably just do like indie stuff for a little bit or something or mm-hmm. just just use the time and just take the time off just to kind of recoup and everything. Like I said, it's it's a little yeah, it's it's unfortunate all around. No way you try to spin it. I guess the only thing that I guess I get frustrated with is just the the normal like I don't know casual YouTube YouTubers just saying different random random things like as if the guy was like the worst thing that ever happened, <laughs> you know. Just like these were probably the same people who were cheering and hooping and hollering. So it's like now all of a sudden everybody has this negative opinion out of the blue. Mm-hmm. But I mean, um, it's the same thing that happened with you know last year with the. Actually, with this thing, with All In. Really? Last year's All In. Whenever the Elite and Punk were suspended, so. Oh. Okay. Yeah, like the, I said, I think the only new thing that happened was that there was a potential there being, like, a meeting between them to try to really, like, bury the hatchet and stuff like that. Kind of makes me wish they probably could have did it after, you know, he came back again just to kind of get that out the way instead of it being such a, you know, thing that's like hanging over people's heads and this whole will they won't they type of thing but yeah it's now it doesn't matter anymore so right i mean we can't really dwell on what was we can only focus in on what the future is going to bring for aew and what the future will bring for punk now granted he is on the show heels which is on stars which has steven amell and, but right now, that show is also on hold due to the strike. Mm-hmm. So maybe if something more has worked out, he can get back on that show. I know he's made quite a bit of money from it. Um, 
We'll see what happens. I mean, season three, season three is actually going on right now. So he should be making some money off of that. Hopefully. Sure. Maybe. We'll see. But let's talk about the zero hour matches. The first one is the over budget battle royal where the winner would win $50,000 to put towards a charity of his choosing. So some of the stars that were on there, Best Friends, Tony Nese, Dalton Castle, The Gates of Agony, um, Action Andretti, Scorpio Sky, then of course, Mr. Battle Royal himself, Hangman Adam Page. Now, y'all didn't get a chance to watch this. I, I caught You caught some of I mean, it. I caught it at my house. That, but. but Overall, what was y'all thoughts on it? I hope I was hoping Scorpio was gonna win, but you throw in Hangman and I'm like, well, I guess he's basically gonna pull this out. So yeah. and I, I was kind of disappointed with that. Yeah, I was kind of rooting for Cage. So I mean, Cage lost to Page. Eh, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and and honestly, I I was just happy that Hip Thrust wasn't uh, the winner. So Daniel Garcia, yeah, that was sad. He was hip thrusting all the way up the damn ramp Uh, someone else should have knocked him out from doing that you know don't get me wrong daniel garcia is an amazing athlete he's come a long way he's phenomenal in the ring he's technically sound but this sports entertainment entertainer magic mike bs gimmick that he's doing i hate it i like whenever he was calling himself the dragon slayer and he was serious and there was that possibility of him going to back to blackpool combat club sure I wish that would have happened. Maybe there's still possibly a chance. Maybe. But anyways, yes, you know, Adam Page did win it. And later on in the show, we found out that he was going to donate his $50,000 to the Chicago Public's, um, what was it, Public Education Fund? So that sounds right. So Something to mm-hmm. that effect. So that is a very good thing because, you know, as you know, education is the foundation of of our lives and you know it's a good idea to donate the money to that fund um if you have any questions on that it's um fund chicago hold on yeah (laughs) something.org yeah hold on because i want to make sure i give this right oh hold on Yep, Chicago Public Education Fund. So if you go to thefundchicago.org, you can learn more about the Chicago Public Education Fund. And if you want to donate, there's an option for donation as well. So the second match that we have to discuss in Zero Hour was a trios match between Hikaru Shida, Sky Blue, and Willow Nightingale versus Mercedes Martinez. Diamante and Athena. So, what were y'all thoughts on this match? Um, from what I saw, I mean, it was it was fun. It was good seeing like Athena and stuff on screen again, and that was my biggest thing I kind of took away from it was, you know, just seeing some people getting some good um, airtime. All right, good yeah. wait for D. <laughs> <laughs> I I also enjoyed the show. I mean, you know. They did. They put in some good work, and uh, you know, nice uh, kind of clash in personalities there among the uh, combatants. So, yeah. Now, it was a good match. Could have been a little bit better. Of course, Sky Blue got the pin, so 
it's a wonderful thing, especially seeing how she is from Chicago. So she is the hometown girl yeah, wrestling. Yeah, sure. Uh, granted, a lot of the heat was on her because of that. But her getting the game or getting the win was absolutely perfect. Then, of course, the um, the issues between Athena, Mercedes, and Diamante. Athena being the paranoid champion, can I trust my partners? And, of course, she, the sky blue, and, you know, our girl Willow, mm-hmm. always having good chemistry. And I just love Willow. She's amazing. She's, like, <laughs> fun. Seriously. Willow Nightingale. If yep. somehow you find yourself here in Minot, North Dakota, hit us up. We'd love to have you on the air. Hell, we'd love to have you for a game night, honestly, because you seem like you would be the one that we could play, like, charades with, and you would just get into it. Although we'll probably be going to, like, Cards Against Humanity. Yeah. Um, Tried and true stuff. Yeah. Exploding kittens, those type of things. But, yeah, your winners are Sheeta, Sky Blue, and Willow Nightingale. Then we go to the third match of Zero Hour, which is the acclaimed and daddy ass versus Jeff Jarrett, Jay Lethal, and Satman Singh. Don't forget Dennis Rodman. <sighs> God, I wish I could. <laughs> so, yeah, Dennis Rodman was part of this match, and he was on the corner of the acclaimed. And, God, he is looking worse for wear. I mean, he's up there. Granted, yeah, he's up there. But here's the thing. You look at athletes his age Mm. that are taking care of themselves. They still look like they can go. Mm. Even Jordan's taking care of himself. Right. Shaq is taking care of himself. Larry Bird is taking care of himself. You take a look at all the classics that are still around. Bugsy Malone is taking care of himself. Rodman just really let himself go. You know, hopefully Tony Khan doesn't try to put him in a match. Hopefully this was a one-off thing because of nostalgia. And yeah, Dennis still lives in Chicago. He was a mainstay in the Chicago Bulls. Granted, he probably couldn't get Scottie Pippen on time. But actually, who actually likes Scottie at this point? Yeah. But anyways, we do have to talk about this match because... Before the match started, the referees were swapped out. Right. Aubrey Edwards, of course, made her way down because she has some heat between, you know, with Karen Jarrett. Mm. And then the match started, and it was classic acclaim type stuff. It was goofy. Satin and Singh got in there, did some big man stuff, and, you know, I don't know why he's in the... In, I'm, I'm just going to hold my opinion. <laughs> what do y'all think? Let me go first. JJ? Yeah. I mean, it was a good match. Um, again, kind of the same shenanigans that you, you're likely to see when it comes to the acclaimed. And, uh, and you know, um, other than kind of the, the guitar bit, like everything else, for the most part, like, yeah, it was predictable, but at the same time, it was still enjoyable. Right, right. J- uh, D, your thoughts? I don't know. This is one of those, like, goofy wrestling moments. So, you know, I didn't necessarily mind it. And it's 
it's a unique group of characters with those guys. So it works with them because, I mean, like, their whole thing is, like, one big kind of, like, gimmick stuff. So yeah. it wouldn't have worked with anybody else. But these, but that's, like, the type of group of people that you could, you know, have celebrities and people like that kind of interact with. Because they've done it before with the, um, another guy. I think he was, like, an Emmy Award winner. But he was also like a pretty big wrestling fan himself. And oh, I know like you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, they're probably the people to do it because they're not, you know, you. I think like you need people like that to kind of be like, oh, you know, we can, you know, have you know some fun and stuff. And probably kudos to them to, you know, kind of let themselves uh, be used in that way, especially with someone like you know Jeff Jarrett and stuff like that. You could probably see like ego stuff or things like that or with. Jay Lethal and people, but you know, it just kind of, it makes it fun. You know, they've, you know, that's kind of like their own little thing. So it's like, you do get that side of it. So as long as it's used well and, you know, for what they needed to do, I think it was fine. JJ? Oh, wait. You uh, yeah, I, I gave my opinion. <laughs> you can tell that we're tired. But let's go ahead and dive into the main card. Now, this is going to be a round-robin format where each of us will give our opinions and also our ratings of the match, rating from 1 to 5, 1 being the least, 5 being the absolute best. So we're going to kick it off with the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championship match. Better than you, Bay Bay, MJF and Adam Cole versus the Dark Order's John Silver and Alex Reynolds. So starting with you, JJ, what did you think about this? I thought it was a decent match. Um, it was, I, I'll, I'll, I'll say it was a, a decent um, break in sort of the stereotypical kind of fashion of you know the way that matches play out. Having um, MGF take that you know bump and then you know walk out and then come back to kind of you know save the day kind of thing, which you know. Um, whether that was needed, whether it wasn't, uh, you know, six one half dozen the other. But overall, I I thought it was solid work. Um, enjoyable match to watch. Um, as far as a rating, I don't know. I'd probably give it a three seven five. All right, D, your thoughts. Um, so I enjoyed this match too, as this one being like the first one out the card. Definitely got the, um, you know, crowd going and things like that. Like I said, MJ and Adam Cole are definitely, you know, holding their weight as ROH champions. And, you know, it was, it was interesting to see Dark Order use some, like, dirty tricks here and there, too. You know, probably just because I haven't seen them in a while. But, you know, they've always kind of put in a lot of good work there in the ring. So, you know, I'm kind of happy that they had this opportunity, especially on a pay-per-view. Um but uh, the whole dynamic with MJF being taken out due, like, to the neck issue was really good. Different, you know, spots and stuff. And he really did a good job of trying to play that out. And it was interesting with uh, Cole having to kind of defend himself for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Wasn't sure, you know, I, I figured MJ would have come out. But even if that didn't happen, it would have probably been even just even more of a better match. Just because it was, it, you know, it turned to like a handicap match and yeah, stuff. Yeah, like more high stakes. Yeah, so it kind of made it a little bit more interesting in that sense. So, um, so it definitely kept kept my attention for sure. So if I, if I give anything, I'd probably give it a four for sure. 
So for me, <clears throat> this was a very fun match to begin with. And how many times are people going to fall for that sportsmanship thing mm-hmm. with that MGF does going into the poke in the eye? Uh, the comedy at the beginning, yes, you know, the drum, the dramatic turn of MJF being taken out, and then both of them coming back in, and it, it was amazing. Then, of course, Dark Order trying to do the double clothesline, and mm-hmm. it didn't work, but yet Adam Cole and MJF did it and showed why it works for them. So, overall, I am going to give this one a four because it was a good way to really start. Especially with a pay-per-view with uncertainty on how it was going to go because of crowd reaction, especially after the news, this was actually a good start. So the next match we have to talk about is Samoa Joe versus Shane Taylor, which we got to talk about what happened before. Now, after the first match, MJF was being escorted off, and then he said, no, I got this. I can walk off. The Samoa Joe's music hit, and he started coming out, and he pushed MJF. Adam Cole was like, went up to him, went up to MJF quickly, like, dude, don't do it. Don't do it. Calm down. Let's just go. But MJF being the man that he is, if you disrespect him, he's going to go in after you. And that is what he did. Him and Samoa Joe went into a small brouhaha in the ring and everyone started coming out. The ring, yeah. Security was out. Cole was trying to hold back MJF. Uh, Pat Buck was even out there. He, being a producer and everything. And I have a feeling that this is going to lead into a MJF Samoa Joe program for the world title. And I'm actually all for it. What do y'all think? I think it would be a nice change of pace. Um, it'll be interesting to see which, you know, if, if, if it's just the world title for MJF that gets put up or if, uh, if Samoa Joe's title will also be on the line. Oh, a champion versus champion match. Uh, that'd be putting a lot of stuff on MJF, though. Right? Yeah, there there would be a lot of titles if he if he managed to pull it out. Yeah, and him working across in Ring of Honor. I mean, as tag champs, it's understandable. But holding two ROH titles, yeah, mm. yeah it'd be a lot. Yeah, definitely. What do you think, D? Um, no, that'd be a good match. I'd, um. It was like you said, it's a little bit of tension, so I'll it'd be curious to see if they start leaning into that a little bit more. And that's a good way for, you know, Joe to give even more screen time. And plus being that MJF has some issues crossing over to collision, it makes it even better. So um, like I said, it kinda gives him some more opportunities, some interesting matchups that he probably hadn't thought about initially. All right, so let's get into this match. Um Wow. Uh, The biggest thing that I can say is that this was a hard-hitting match. Mm -hmm. So, D, I'm going to start off with you. Give us your thoughts and rating for this match. All right. So, this is the first of our Triple M matches (laughs) or meaty meaty man matches. So, this is, you know, this was definitely interesting because it's, you know, a lot of jabs and strikes. And a lot of slams and things. And I think they both put on a pretty decent show. You know, Joe had his little, you know, stumbles here and there and stuff, you know, going up against Taylor. And um, Taylor is definitely able to, excuse me. Yeah, he's been able to hold his own. uh, Be able to hold his own against Joe. So it was very, very, um, very back and forth. It wasn't really that he, it wasn't even 
you know, that majorly slow. I think sometimes people think that it's going to be a lot more drawn out, but it was really fast paced, you know, um, you know, both of them actually, you know, putting on a decent show with them going back and forth like that. So I was highly entertained. So I'll, I'll, uh, I'll give this one a, I'll give this one a four. All right, JJ, your thoughts. Yeah, I, I enjoyed the match. Um, they had good pacing. I don't think they spent too much time, you know, going through everything other than maybe the like shenanigans leading up to Joe's match. Um, and, and I think both wrestlers really held their own and, and did a good job with it. Um, I think I'd probably put this one out of the four. All right. So yeah, this was definitely a hard hitting match. It was exciting. It was just straight smash mouth style wrestling, the type that you would expect from Joe and Shane. Um, Samoa Joe did win the match, and it was hard-hitting. It was amazing. I'm going to give it a four as well. There was there was a couple of flubs here and there. No, nothing too major, um, but whenever you get two big guys in the ring like this, there's some magic that could be made, but there's one more match that we have to talk about that was extremely magical, mm-hmm. and we'll get to it here in a little bit. But we do need to talk about the TNT Championship title match. Luchasaurus being the champion. Oh, sorry. Christian Cage's right-handed destruction being the champion versus Darby Allen with Nick Wayne in his corner. JJ, I'm going to start off with you. What are your thoughts on this one? Yeah. um, I think the thing that I enjoyed the most about this match was... Darby Allen's ability to really work well with uh, somebody who's at a significant size advantage over him. Like, you know, the ability, you know, when he was, I think this was earlier in in the match, you know, he had one, one chance where he went off of the apron and that really worked well for me. Um, The the time where he gets him sat down in a chair I think that really worked well as, you know, again, kind of a means to sort of even the playing field kind of deal. But then, you know, you have kind of the the rest of the match and how it all plays out and kind of it, it kind of how I sort of expected it to go. So, um, but no, overall, I, I really enjoyed watching it. And um, I think I'll just kind of... Uh, continue with my my ratings going up just ever so slightly this one i'd I'd put a four and a quarter all right d your thoughts um no i really like this match um darby's so unique in the way that he's able to go against a lot of bigger opponents you know i've seen him i think go up against brian cage i believe he did cage he did um lance archer Mm -hmm. Uh, he's done quite a few big matches yep So, like I said, he just has a unique skill set. Like, you never um, – that's why um, – and this is some – I can probably save it towards the end, but this is one of those matches where it could have gone either way, which is something that you can't always, you know, say with some um, some stuff with WWE. But this one was just unique because you wasn't – I wasn't sure which way it was going to go. I would have been happy with either, wet, either one kind of walking out, you know, because I think with Cage and – uh, Cage's work and stuff being like a heel has really helped to kind of elevate the uh, TNT championship a little bit. 
um, you know, kind of make it feel like it's some stakes and make it feel relevant. Um, the match itself was very good, very well paced. I mean, Luchasaurus is definitely freaking working his butt off. I mean, and, and Darby, you know, being him, man, it's just a glutton for punishment. But just even with that stuff going on, he had a couple of uh, um, good near falls that were like definitely like, man, that would have been a perfect way to, um, you know, end a match. But, you know, but then you realize like, oh, he kicked out. So it's like, oh, man, how else is this going to? turn out how, yeah how can they build on that yeah you know and that's the unique thing about that whole thing it was just that it was able to because i think with any other spots it would have been like oh man i would have been the one that would have you know got the one two three but um but no it was it was um very well very well put together um a lot of good spots um probably more i mean i think two or three of them really stand out for me for that one and it was like that initial pin that he had on him somehow where he kind of like flipped him over oh, the crucifix yeah. pin. Yeah. So I'm yeah, like, that oh. was a great that was a great showmanship kind of. Yeah. I was just like, okay. I had everybody freaking like clapping and things like that. So um and I thought Cage's spot with him trying to give Nick the Can towel was yeah, yeah that well yeah. the towel, yeah. That was that was a nice little thing. He's like, here you need to do this. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. So no it's just it was just good. It was just I mean, that, that was really good. So I'll definitely, I'm definitely going to give that one a four, too. All right. So my thoughts on it, it was very well paced. It's a good Darby Allen big versus big man match. It was exciting. You know, the amount of damage that Darby took in this match. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, I know he's a daredevil. He's Jeff Hardy with actual wrestling skills. Oh, did I say that? <laughs> Dang. I had to say it. Come on. Being realistic, you mean like at least you mean like TNA Jeff? Hardy? I mean, I mean maybe he's not he's not like two thousand Jeff Hardy. Even two thousand Jeff Hardy would get overshadowed by Darby and his skills. Mm-hmm. Being realistic, now this guy is a beast, a workhorse. Yeah. yeah. Then of course you get Luchasaurus, who him being a heel is fantastic. Christian Cage being in the mix. He's always good at being a slimy character. But I'm just waiting for the day where Luchasaurus is going to turn on Cage. Mm. And I feel it's going to happen. I feel it's going to happen soon. I don't know. I kind of hope it doesn't, but... I hope it does because here pretty soon Wardlow should be coming back because he's on the injured shelf. Then, of course, there's other individuals that could fit in and work a good big man match with Luchasaurus. Lance Archer could. Big Bill could. If he stops hanging around Ricky Starks and he really wants to go for gold. Um, There's quite a few options out there that they could pull from. Well, I mean, he probably should be challenging them. Not, I mean, well, not Warlow, but... Um, like you said, he probably could be going up against those guys, um, you know, for TNT championship matches. Like him and Big Bill would be an interesting one. Or mm-hmm. I don't know if he's going up against uh, Brian Cage yet, but he hasn't yet. Okay. Now, my big thing because TNA has some wrestlers that'll probably be coming up on contract here pretty soon. Um, Black Taurus from TNA, mm-hmm. like. He is a phenomenal luchador. 
he's a big man, and he wears a freaking bull's head for the entirety of his match. I yeah. could see like a animal versus animal type wrestling match, and it'll mm-hmm. be hard hitting. So overall, I'm going to give this one a 4.5. It was a good match. It was hard hitting. But the post match is what we have to really talk about because they were about to give Darby one hell of a concerto after the fact that Darby took two Tombstone Powell drivers and was thrown into the buckle mm-hmm. and then pinned. This caused the locker room to come out. You see Sean Spears, you see the infantry, you see a whole bunch of other people coming out mm-hmm. to save Darby because Darby was already in bad shape. I mean, you have to think all in, he did the coffin match. Now yeah. he's wrestling this match. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling this is going to be a way to write Darby off a little bit. Yeah. Just to heal up. And hopefully they don't try to do a program with Nick Wayne versus Christian cage. Cause Granted, it could be pretty good. It could be similar to what happened with Christian Cage and Jungle Boy. But Nick isn't ready for that type of mm. limelight yet. Sure. He, he still needs to get his feet wet. So, overall, good match, 4.5. Now we got to get to the big <laughs> the big match. Mm-hmm. And, oh, my God. Powerhouse Hobbs versus Miro. This... And they even said this on the damn broadcast or broadcast that it was two meaty men slapping meat. And from there, the crowd was chanting, slap that meat, slap that meat or meat forever. Or they they were chanting, Mm -hmm. holy meat, holy meat. They just kept and every exchange, every blow uh, meat. Mm -hmm. As soon as you hear a a good connection with a punch Mm -hmm. or a strike. I don't care. I'm going to give my rating on this because this match, (laughs) because of the individuals involved Mm -hmm. and this is this, if big E was watching this and I hope he was, because I know he's friends with Miro. This was the epitome of his dream type of match Two meaty men slapping meat. This is a five. This is a five match. By far, this was the best. Right. This is the best match, in my opinion, because the the crowd loved it. They were eating it up. The even the announcers were eating it up. Everyone was enjoying this. It was it was just strike after strike, move after move, slam after Mm. slam. We want more of this. And I hope we'd get more of this mm-hmm. because it would be amazing. So, JJ, I'm starting with you. What is your thoughts on this match? Oh, hands down. my I, For me, it's also it's a, a five. So I, basically, yeah, everything that I enjoy in a match. I mean, it, granted, it didn't have quite as many, like, you know, big slams or, you know, things of that nature, but... It was still, you know, high energy, um, a lot of exchanges, and a lot of really believable sort of uh, interactions between the wrestlers. So, yeah. Matter of fact, here, I'm going to do this because, you know, fair use, and we can actually do this. 
Because I'm also reviewing this on Bleacher Report. Mm. That way I get all of my facts straight. But let me make sure that this is all right real quick. Uh, where are we at? Yep, perfect. So, no. Why are you doing <laughs> So, I'm going to come here, and I want y'all to, I want the listeners from Internet Wonderland to listen to this. So exciting to be a part of an AEW major event like this one. Meet Forever chant here in the United Center. Could be a new game mode coming to AEW Fight Forever, available on your favorite gaming console. Alongside the Stinky Defeated Nut. On some brutal shots back and forth. (laughs) Nero's out on his feet. And now we're throwing to the left. So, seriously. For no other match. For no other match. No yeah. other match did the crowd pop like this. Yeah. They, no. were, they were into it. They really, they really got into like, it. Yeah. They loved it. Oof. If we had like three out of five falls matches with these two, mm. it would sell. Yep. If we no. had them in a main event, no title. Yeah, that was the other crazy thing about the match is that everybody got so into it and there was no, like, major stakes at Exactly. Yeah, and even, like, the build-up for it wasn't like they, like, oh, we've been at this for, like, weeks. This came Mm -hmm. about in probably about two weeks, give or take. Two weeks in, like, Collision or Rampage, whichever show, but God. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine if this was for a title Mm -hmm. with these two men? And the crowd was already this hot. Yep. Can you imagine how nuclear this would be? By God, th- this was, you know, we could just end the show right now yeah. just because of this. <laughs> yeah. Because. So it's just like, dang, well, that happened. And I'm like, wait, we still got like all these other matches. And yeah. That was my thing. I'm like, man, how's everything? I mean, yeah, not this going to compare to it, it, but it was like, yeah. but you know, the only thing is like, you have something like this and then you're thinking, all right, well, this is, could be the part where everything kind of falls off a cliff. Right. You know, just due yeah. to like, you know, as much energy that was being placed into that, you know, from like right. the crowd perspective and stuff. Right. But, you know, it was, but you know, I was still pleasantly surprised. But so, D, what is your rating for this match? Uh, this is just hilarious because we were making so much jokes about it before, and it was like, it's like weirdly like manifested halfway from here all the way to Chicago because yeah. as soon as they made like that first comment, it was just like it just everything else just like took off. And that was right bef- that was right after y'all made that comment. Yes, about. Bit two big beefy men slapping meat. Yeah, and then they mentioned it, like not even two Almost minutes later. Like, yeah, really, <laughs> they're they're listening to us exactly. <laughs> they so. knew what we were expecting from the match. Yeah, and they just they um, what is the looking manifested gla- it? Yeah, what right. Is, what is the looking glass crew looking for for this match? <laughs> exactly. Like I did. That was just such a freaking pleasant surprise. I I was not mm-hmm. expecting that yep. because you know you're thinking it's just gonna. Well, I mean, because we had the whole you know Samoa Joe, Shane Taylor thing, yeah. and that didn't nothing like that happened. Right. But right. it was just so unique seeing how you know that that match, that yeah. match of all matches mm-hmm. you know end up like going the way that it was. I mean, I I sure as hell didn't see that coming. I was freaking laughing like a freaking. 
kid throughout the whole thing. All of us were. That's the thing. Yeah, it was just. Yeah, it was just so unexpected, man. It was that that, that was probably like probably one of the more funner one matches I've seen in probably the whole year. Definitely, probably match of the year candidate. Wow. Easily, if yeah. that doesn't win match of the year, I'm gonna be pissed. <laughs> yeah, the, the, I probably think the only one was probably the Forbidden Door match between Omega and Osprey. Probably be right up there, if 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 I had to pick one that could beat it. But now I'm going with this one. Yeah, I'm going with this one. I don't care. <laughs> Look, Kenny, Will, y'all are amazing, but. Y'all did not get this type of pop. Yeah. Yeah. Like, this definitely this is definitely five stars. Getting yeah. getting an entire arena to be able to sustain the same chance for well over a minute. Yeah, because that went the full twenty minutes, but it didn't yeah. like you I mean I'm like, dang, has it really been cause I'm like it there's felt no way like it, nothing, yeah. Yeah, because it was like I mean they only have a twenty minute time thing. And it went. And it was well paced. Yeah. yeah, it was perfect. Yeah. AEW, this is how you book a match. That's mm-hmm. the match. To this is review. it. This is your. This is your your formula? freaking. Yeah, this is your formula. <laughs> this is your foundation. Give us more Miro and Powerhouse Hobbs. Give mm-hmm. us more big beady men slapping <laughs> meat. This is your formula. Yeah. But what? So what was your rating again? I gave it five. So yeah. <laughs> it's an unanimous. It's fives. Now, we do have to talk about after the fact because mm-hmm. Miro, Powerhouse Hobbs, they shook hands. Powerhouse, Powerhouse attacked Miro, and out came hot and flexible C.J. Perry, Miro's real-life wife. As we know, she used to be Lana in WWE. She came out. She took off the heels, made a beeline, picked up a chair, hit Hobbs, and Hobbs stood oh, up and started man. looking at her like... Break you in half. (laughs) You want to see my Mandingo? Well, she gave him that look. He's like, you're not that big. Uh Be like, I'll show you big. It's not not a show where it's a grower, baby. This is AEW. And then Miro got up, hit him with, hit Powerhouse with the chair, and then looked at CJ like, what the hell? Not in the sense of angry, but surprise. Now, mind mind you, the character of the Redeemer forsook everything. Forsake, you know, forsaked his God, forsaked his wife, because he's on a path of redemption, clearing AEW of sinners, pagans, and whatnot. And whenever he was going up the ramp, he kept saying, "You're not real. You're not real." So this is going to be an interesting di- dynamic, yeah, with the character. This will be kind of like some sprinkling some WWE random little soap, soap opera stuffery, yeah. yeah, stuff. Which we, I don't know, we, well, we've kind of seen it with, like, the whole Hangman, Kenny Omega thing. Yeah, which, which, eh. Long storytelling, but I don't think it'll be, like, to that level. I have a feeling Miro will go back and stop forsaking and will still be the Redeemer and still have that intensity, Mm -hmm. but he'll have his wife along for the ride. Okay. Which also possibly will bring the former Aiden English to AEW. Pretty much reliving that trio that was considered Rusev Day, which was amazing, honestly. But, yeah, great match. You know, we're just going to end the show right here. No, Um, we do have more matches to talk about, but we're going to take a very quick break. And when we come back, we're going to wrap this up with the remaining 
Let me count. One, two, three, four, five, six matches. Good Lord, this is a lot of matches. It's a typical AEW card, but... Yeah, and just a week after the last one. Yeah. And frankly, still, we could easily just end the match right now due to Mm -hmm. the fact... Or end the show right now due to the fact that we were satisfied with Miro and Powerhouse. That made our, our dreams come true. So, But anyways, we'll be right back and... I'll say about a few minutes. Stay tuned. Cheshire's Place, a looking glass and illogical madness. As always, I am your host, the melodious one, Mr. Cheshire. Alongside me, J.J. Walkie's Esquire. I'm still here. You make it sound like you've been trapped here for days. Well, yeah, no, just I, I, I'm still here from the break, you know. <laughs> and the sexual chocolate of Internet Wonderland, D. Twizzle. Yep, I'm ready to rock and roll. Let's get into the next match. All right, the next match that we're going to be talking about in All Out 2023 in Chicago is for the TBS Championship. The champion, Chris Statlander, more than a woman, yes she is, versus Ruby Soho from The Outcast. Now, uh, uh, this was a good match. Yeah, It was hard hitting. Mm-hmm. It was. It had a lot of good aspects to it. It wasn't the typical women's match. Yeah, slappy, slappy, push, yeah. push. No, this was hard hitting. Yeah, this was, was good. There was a couple of good spots in there. I'm like, up to this point, I'm like, wow, Ruby, like, where's this been for a while? Sometimes you have to have the right opponent to yeah. make mm-hmm. some magic happen. Yeah, and that's true. every time Chris and Ruby get into the ring, they have awesome chemistry 
they do not mind going strong style and beating the hell out of each other. Mm-hmm. So all in all, a good match. So I'm going to start with you, D. What is your thoughts on this match? Um, This was another one where I felt like it could have gone either way. I think I originally had picked Ruby to win it. Um, But no, I like you said, I did like the back and forth between it. A lot more... A lot more um, focus, a lot more delivery, a lot more in-ring work. You know, just seeing Ruby actually kind of actually hold her own, you know, in a sense. Um, it's really good. Like I said, I think they have, with the women that they do have, you know, they do, they are capable, you know. It's just, like you said, it's about finding the right opponents and creating the right type of like tension and stuff with them to, you know, make this stuff interesting. You know, it's unpredictable in the sense that I really did think that Ruby had, you know, what it takes actually, you know, pull this out. It's almost ironically like, you know, like the Darby uh, Luchasaurus type of uh, spike uh, type of fight, you know, because, you know, Chris is a bigger, bigger woman and things like that. But, you know, Ruby has her own ways of, getting things done and even, you know, casting distraction and stuff didn't take away from the match, you know? So, um, but yeah, no, I, I definitely enjoyed this one for sure. It didn't, it didn't like make the, um, you know, whole thing come to like a screeching halt, <laughs> you know, sometimes when that stuff happens, you know, nothing against, you know, certain females on the roster, but some of them tend to have a tendency to, make it a little bit slower than usual but um but no this was really good i'll definitely get this one another four all right jj your turn yeah um i felt like they had good chemistry uh they they did a good job in you know in the ring working and um it was kind of kind of neat to to see the um i guess one gimmick kind of come out and and uh <laughs> well, it's it's almost foreshadowing because it happened twice in the in the back half of the the show. Mm-hmm. I think I think you know what what the second one I'm referring to is, but yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a matter of you know she you know Ruby's getting ready to use the spray can and and uh, gets it taken away from her. And how long was um, Tony waiting underneath the ring for that spot to happen. <laughs> so you have to think that match was about a 10, 10 to 12 minute match. Did, but when, when did Tony like get set? Was she there all night leading up to it? Or what did, when like, did they somehow sneak her in like between matches? Chances are she was not, you know, that's actually a good question. Mm-hmm. Cause sometimes they'll sneak them in somehow. Like whenever they're doing some type of change here and there, they'll sneak right. someone in. Or they're just willing to be underneath the ring for a good duration. I mean, there's enough room underneath the ring right. where she's safe. It, it's just one of those things that I don't know. Yeah, <clears throat> but it'd be, it's still it'd be curious to be. I'd be curious to be a fly on the wall to, to see kind of how some of that stuff gets, um, you know, disseminated amongst the, the people. Uh, can you imagine Tony talking to Tony Khan talking to Tony Storm? Hey, uh, Tony. I was wondering, you know, for this match, we want you to interfere in it. And uh, instead of running down the, the you know. Yeah. <laughs> instead of running down, we're going to have you underneath the ring for the entire match. We may have you underneath there starting at zero hour. You could take a nap, relax. We'll radio you, let you know whenever it's time. 
and it'll be epic. It'll be wonderful. And you yeah. just act all crazy and everything because people are liking the gimmick. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Can you imagine that conversation? <laughs> it'll be an interesting it conversation. Would be interesting. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll just wrap it up there. Um, overall, again, decent, decent match. Um, I'd give it a, a three, seven, five, maybe. You know, I'm going to give this one a four. Because it was the only women's match on the card. And they kept up with the pace that all the male matches were doing. Yeah. So this really shows that they are giving a lot more attention to the women's matches that they put on for pay-per-view. Yeah. And maybe they're, you know, I don't know how they do stuff behind the scenes, but maybe they're starting to realize that some of their stuff need to be a little bit more. I mean, if you beat up the pace a little bit, like if you take a look at the women's roster on AEW as of late, yeah, there has been some issues where they haven't been getting enough time, but, and mind you, there was a big thing about that in July and now they're beginning to get the time that they deserve and Mm -hmm. I'm happy for it. AEW's women's roster is so rich that it could rival WWE's. Yeah. I, I don't know. There's, there's, I still think WWE still has a, the better roster. I think what, what would help AEW would be kind of, um, well, I think with just the pace of the matches would really be useful. I feel like a lot, sometimes a lot of their stuff, and maybe because, like you said, they're, they don't have like a full time and things like that. But I mean, if that's what it takes for them to be a little bit more, um, for it to be a little bit more quicker pace and things like that, then that's probably what needs to happen. I mean, because, like, you watch things like on Rampage, and sometimes it does kind of, you know, they'll have main events, and those will be good, but there'll be other moments where it's just, like, even when they are, things are kind of, it's kind of mm-hmm. hard to watch. Now, <clears throat> my big suggestion to AEW to really flush it out is do give equal timing for women's matches in all of their shows. You know, for Dynamite, for Rampage, for Collision, even Ring of Honor. Because ring the women that per, that perform in Ring of Honor, they're extremely talented. They need to be highlighted more. Mm-hmm. Hell, Tony, honestly, if you want, make another show strictly for women's wrestling. Yeah. Like how Stardom and Shimmer, they have a good formula. For their women's roster. You know. Don't make it like dangerous women of wrestling. If anyone has ever watched that crap. Yeah I'm saying crap. Oh wait I, I should say. I should say. Jim Cornette style. Yep dangerous women of wrestling was the worst piece of shit. That I ever saw in my life. But anyways. Because <clears throat> it was. Whenever you have a star called. G.I. Ho. Oof. And come, come on, want to Leia? I seriously, I should show y'all this. Oh, wow! Next week before we record, I'm going to show y'all some stuff from Dangerous Women of oh, Wrestling man. because it was, it was bad. It Oof. was bad. Like Glow, because they brought back Glow. Yeah, and that's where Willow came from. Actually, was the new iteration of Glow for a while, and she was, oh. what was it, Cherry, Cherry something. I actually watched it not too long ago. And you're you're talking great. about the actual promotion, not yeah. not the like Netflix. No, the actual promotion they actually did bring back. Okay. Um, but yeah, 
overall, this was a four match. It was fun. I enjoyed it. And AEW, please, this is another this is another blueprint type deal that y'all did. Sure. So the next match we have to talk about is the strap match. <laughs> oh God, Brian Brian Danielson versus Ricky Starks in a strap match. Good God, this was violent, and I loved it. Now, granted, we should have counted how many matches people bled in. Right. Because, good yeah. God. It was close to half, I want to say. Yeah. Yeah, thinking about it. Four or five of them. Five. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah, this is one where they definitely bled. Mm-hmm. So, JJ, I'm going to start with you. What are your thoughts on this match? Yeah, I mean, if, if gore is your thing, this was definitely a match that had it and and uh, plenty of high-stakes um more extreme sort of tactics and and storytelling involved. Um, it definitely felt like it was a bit one-sided to me after mm-hmm. a certain point. It, you know, Brian Danielson definitely working over uh, Ricky a bit and just, you know, kind of getting in what he wanted. And, and then, like, <laughs> it seemed like as soon as they, they finally moved the match into the ring, it was like, okay, it's over. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But no, um, overall, uh, you know, my impression of the match was they did, you know, a good job with it. And I think I probably give this match. I think I'd give it a four. All right. D your thoughts on this match. Um, no, this is really good. Um, it reminds me of the, the looking at this one and then the, crap that they did with the extreme rules with that garbage between um McIntyre and Karrion Cross like mm. it's it, like it's like wow like oh this is what an actual strap match is actually supposed to be like you know I'm just like man they were freaking I mean the shots to the face that they were doing I'm just like holy crap man like that's it doesn't matter even if that the fabric that they're using may not be as like extreme. I mean, you get in hit in the face with anything with a certain amount of force. It doesn't matter what it is; it'll freaking hurt. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, and then kudos for Danielson. The freaking that's uh, a hell of a match to come back into. You know, they're like, all right, we're gonna have you. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> you think he would just go into like a regular like dynamite match? But mm-hmm. they're like, no, nah, we're gonna throw you into this pay per view, and it's gonna be a strap match, and you're gonna be freaking smacking everybody every which way so um no i liked it good pace i mean the the it was very 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 physical i mean some of those slaps that ricky had to take you know on the back i mean that thing was just sad everybody was just like ah you know all all kind of tense but i mean it was it was good i i enjoyed the fact that I, I give kudos really to Ricky just being able to, you know, wanting to sign up for that. Cause I'm, I know that's like first time he's ever, you know, probably did something to that level. I can't think of off the top of my head of any other extreme matches. Uh, well, he had a no DQ match against powerhouse. Yeah. And he did bleed in that one, but that was, you know, different, different style. Yeah. There's a different style compared to <laughs> this. I and mean, then you're working in with someone like Danielson, where it's just like, you know, I, I think also speaking of counts, we probably should have counted for how many people freaking did, you know, hulked out. Oh, yeah. it seemed like that was going on. 
Yeah, there's a, a few people. I think at least three of them did that. Yeah, they're like, rrr, rrr, I'm like, oh, okay. yeah, yeah, just shaking like, the ropes. And that that started with MJF because he started hulking mm-hmm. out. Yeah, yeah, but no, I, I love this one. Um, I'll def this is this will be another uh, four four match for me. So overall, my opinion of this match, it was amazing. It was very hard hitting. You know, Danielson showed that Blackpool Combat Club. Evil. I'm just going to say evil. That malicious intent to hurt, maim, make a person bleed. Now, granted, Daniel was the first one to make Brian bleed using that um, weight belt and the buckle on that. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. But the comeuppance was everything else that Brian did. Yeah. Because he was just vicious. Yeah, like with those freaking like kicks, and then you just turn around and hit him in the face with the strap, and then you like kick him. I'm like, Dang, Ricky, I didn't know he had it in him to take that much damage. And you just hear Brian saying, learn how to take it. Learn how to take it. There could have been a quite a bit of innuendo jokes <laughs> relating to that, but we refrain, will refrain on here. It was a completely different story while we were watching. But <clears throat> overall, I'm going to give this one a 4.25. Sure. It was a great match. It was phenomenal. The crowd loved it. You know, having Big Bill and and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat interact in it was great. But still, 4.25, I mean, there are other matches that are up there in caliber, especially Miro versus Powerhouse. I mean, no offense to Brian, no offense to Ricky, but, you know. The crowd reaction. Yeah. The crowd yeah, reaction. That that probably would have been a very, very mm-hmm. close second, I would think. Yeah. All right. So the next one we got to talk about is Eddie Kingston and Katsuyori Shibata versus Blackpool Combat Club, which is going to be Claudio Castanoli and Wheeler Yuta. Uh, D, I'm going to have I'm going to have you start on this one. What are your thoughts and rating for this one? So this this one was another surprise one because I was originally going with um, Eddie for this one, just mm-hmm. as in a sense of you know, kind of like a rebound match. Um, like I said, there was there were some good spots and just some of the um, animosity animosity between Kingston and Claudio was really good, you know. And I, I have the utmost respect for Claudio and his like stature when it comes to stuff in the ring. You know, he's always it's always go time with him. Um, I mean, his his work was really good. And then um, all the stuff with Shibata, I, I really, really enjoy watching him perform. You know, he's very smart, very, you know, like I said, very technical, just how the way everything was starting off, mm-hmm. you know. So, and then I give also props to Yuta because he was getting freaking thrown around like a rag doll. I mean, just literally just a whipping boy for a lot of those big spots and slams that he had mm-hmm. to go through. So, I mean, he he took he took a lot of hits, but like I said, the the pacing up wasn't too bad. I think they kind of I think it was more of like a yo yo with a lot of different things that was going on. Um, it definitely got really more for crescendo, kind of like a little bit towards the end. Um, but yeah, I I was kind of a little surprised with the uh, with the pen going to Claudio squad. So. Um, but all in all, though, I didn't I didn't hate it. I think that's probably like the only probably the only match where things kind of like really kind of like settled a little bit before it kind of kicked back up. So I think they took 
it took some liberty with their time with this match, you know, which I think in 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 a good in a way sometimes you need those kind of matches, you know, kind of let the crowd kind of gather itself a little bit. You know, it's not to say they didn't have their little moments and spots, but I think it's a lot more, you know, pick and choosy, you know, with different moments. But they still put on a good match, mm-hmm. and it wasn't like I was like bored or looking at the clock or anything. So this will, this will be another four one for me. Mm-hmm. All right, JJ. Yeah, no, it, uh, I, I enjoyed the aspect of it where it's a tag match. Um, they kind of played off of that a lot in the early part where, you know, they would kind of trade in the, the teammates to be like, okay, well you're, you're going against him and then you're going against him. And then I think it, Somewhere not too long after that, they were finally like, okay, fine, we'll just kind of have it out and yeah, let everybody kind of <laughs> have a chance at, at everybody else. So um, pacing was good. Um, what didn't really notice any anything that took me out of it. Um, plenty of, you know, high, high spots where, you know, there's anticipation that got built up and then, you know, you finally got it resolved and and all of that good stuff. So I'll, I'll also give it a four. Mm-hmm. So I do have one complaint about this match. They should have focused in more on the animosity between Claudio and Eddie. Because honestly, they really didn't interact too much in this match. Mm-hmm. And that was upsetting to me. Even though it was a, it was a wonderful match. You know, Shibata is always a technician's technician. Wheeler is definitely coming into his own. He's improved by leaps and bounds. Claudio is amazing. Eddie is hard-hitting. One downside about Eddie is his matches are pretty much one-sided on his moveset. And I've seen him use a lot more stuff. He needs to really dig into that repertoire and show us what he can do. But overall, the big thing is there wasn't enough between Eddie and Claudio. I mean, they have this big feud, this big beef between each other, stemming from Shakara and Ring of Honor. They need to finally have that singles match. Sure. They need to actually have that out, that final one and done. And how I'd see it, I would see it that Eddie would win it because he's the one that's really steaming and fuming about this, and then have Eddie turn around and face Moxley. Because they have some stuff to, you know, get situated as well. Overall, I'm going to give it a four. Just my one complaint is there wasn't enough between Eddie and Claudio. Now, we got to go to Kenny Omega versus Konosuke Takeshita. Oh, my God. This was surprising. This was definitely a surprising match. So, JJ, I'm going to start with you. Your thoughts and rating on this match. Yeah, um, I I felt like they did a good job with it. Um, I'm trying to remember any of the specifics. <laughs> That's the only my only problem right now is that I can't remember any of the specific um, exchanges that were had. I know that there it, it was kind of... Um, one of those matches where you, you start to get to the point where some of the, you know, signature moves get 
reused a, a fair amount, which, you know, another one of the matches coming up is a little bit more of a <laughs> yeah. um, culprit of that particular sin. But, um, um, you know, overall, I felt like they did a good job with it. Um, nice dynamics between the guys. Um, this is the one that had that, that other spot with the sort of, uh, interference, inter- interference that didn't go quite as well as, uh, what, what the, uh, the people using it would have hoped there's a screwdriver that was it Don. Yep. Don Callis tried stabbing Kenny Omega in the head with a screwdriver. Kenny moved out of the way and Don ended up stabbing the ring. Even then, when, when Takesha got got the screwdriver later yeah um the referee saw it mm-hmm. this is the one match that the referee was on his game yeah which is surprising and yeah. i I'm, i was in for it it was good to see the, a referee that was doing the right bloody thing yeah that reminded me there was one other time that they they kind of did some shenanigans with the chairs yes they, they brought out the chairs and they distracted the ref so that Takeshita could uh, do the dive and then land on top of the chairs on top of Omega. Yeah. And mm. it, 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 I'm sure that um, if Takeshita was like a fraction of a second faster, he would have landed where the chairs were still like balanced. The referee, Kenny, but the referee was doing a little too much jabbing on that. Part. Yeah. But, but no, um, again, I, I appreciated the work that they put in. Um, think everything worked out in their favor and another solid match um i think this is gonna be kind of the uh overused rating for for me for tonight but i'm gonna give that one another four all right d um kind of the same belt this was probably the surprise match of the night um i i think i had kenny winning this one you know because you know homeboy got it at uh, all in, you know, last week. So I figured this was definitely going to be the one. I did not expect it to go back to back. You know, him being able to get a pin on him like that. But I mean, there there were some really decent uh, um, near falls with this one that I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. I don't think Kenny was able to hit his actual special or anything. No, actually, you're right. He never hit the one winged angel. Right, he he tried for it two or three times. He did three times. He tried for it. Mm-hmm. Actually, not. four because he tried the avalanche one too. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, and that one didn't work out. The blue thunder off the rope was actually pretty good. And, yeah, yes. and he took that one hit. Look like I mean, luckily I think he kind of got part of his shoulder, but I mean, oh, and that, that was that was on his head. Yeah, yeah, that was mm-hmm. a freaking. I mean, and that was oh, early, yeah. so mm-hmm. um, kind of like the brain brain buster or no, it was um. It was like this crazy German snap suplex oh. thing, and he landed on his yeah. head. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, but go ahead, continue, man. Yeah, but um, no, it was either way. It was just like those little spots and details, even with the callus thing, which initially you would have thought, oh, it's a screw up. But I liked how they were able to kind of turn it into something else, mm-hmm. you know, and then, you know, you try to, you know, a handful of V triggers <laughs> later, and they were kind of like, you know, hitting each other's kind of move sets in that in that way, but um, like I said, it's I mean that's that was definitely it's a different style of match for sure, one that I kind of enjoy because it's not 
I mean, they'll have their strikes and things like that, but, I mean, they're really getting by on a lot of different, like, suplexes and, you know, Irish whip things. And, mm-hmm. I mean, like, yeah. the one spear that freaking uh, Kaneshka freaking hit on Kenny was freaking, like, out of this world. you like, doing 360s. Um, but, no, that was that was a very good match. I am very happy to see how they're pushing him along. I mean, once he fell into Don Callis, it's like he's become a whole new you know, different person. So it's like, he's like his own little, you know, threat. So, um, no, this is, this is definitely another, another four, another four star. So overall, I'm going to agree with y'all. This is a four. It was a great match. Um, a lot of, okay. I'm not going to say it was a lot of back and forth because Takeshita was whooping that ass. Yeah. He, there was, like, Kenny really couldn't get out of the gates until the second half. And <clears throat> this really shows, A, that Kenny's willing to put over people. B, that Takeshita is definitely coming into his own as a wrestler. And C, that the idea of Kenny losing is still appealing. Because this is going to build up into a larger story. Because you know they're going to have to run it back. They're going to have to run it back. Kenny will probably get the win. And there's going to be a rubber match with some type of weird stipulation. Mm -hmm. Maybe, you know, a steel cage or something crazy. And Kenny or one of the two will get the win. At this point, if we're going to look at it as a series of three, it's anybody's game. And with Don Callis on his side, and they alluded to this... Don taught Takeshita all of Kenny's weaknesses. So, if anything, this is the first time in a while that Kenny has been in trouble. Yeah, and he normally doesn't, you know, if he does anything, it's always with someone like the bigger, you know, wrestlers or more brand name type of people. Mm-hmm. But for this to be somebody, you know, it's not to say that he's not, but like, you know, it's not like a Danielson or Moxley or you know, anybody yeah. in that group, this is like a person a little bit like in, in a different level in a sense. Um, and it's, and he's giving him problems, which, you know, makes it intriguing because it's like, Oh, well only this person can really beat that person, you know, type of thing. So yeah. it makes it to where like, there are people who are actually on a pretty even keel with, with uh, someone like Omega. So, so in my, in my thoughts, Takesha is a younger, stronger version of Omega at this point. Mm. This is like Omega young into the beginning strides of his prime. Because you have to look at the matches that Omega was doing with with um Kashida, with Osprey, with um you know, j- just then like his heyday in New Japan. Yeah, because I mean, you could put Osprey and can uh, I keep on saying this name wrong, um, um, but I can see him, Osprey and Konechka. Am I saying that right? Takeshita. Takeshita. There we go. You could see them in that like type of boat, you know, as far as like skill and abilities and stuff. Right. And they both have been notorious for giving Omega huge problems. Mm-hmm. All right, so now we got to switch over to the eight-man tag team match. 
Bullet Club Gold. The Switch, yeah. <laughs> Swi- I hate that term. I love that term. It's the best thing S- ever. Switchblade, Jay White, Rock Hard, Juice Robinson, and of course the Gun Club, Austin and Colton Gun, versus FTR and the Young Bucks. So JJ, I'm going to kick this off to you. Give us your thoughts and rating for this match. I loved the match. Um, this was my number two match of the night. It. It had all of the things that I typically like in a match where you've got all sorts of mayhem and chaos going on between all of the different people. You've got sort of the the give and take when it comes to the people that are trying to get out of the ring and you won't let them. You've got all of the combo hits where you've got, you know, people trying to, um, you know, work in tandem. And, you know, it's even more interesting when those get broken up because it's like, Oh, you weren't there for me. Why? Why weren't you there for me? And um, and then obviously the the highlight for me of the of the match where you had the four pairs and they were all hitting the same moves. So you had like three or four moves in a row and they all landed on the the sharpshooter as the the yeah. finisher out of the that set. And it just looked so good with them being that synchronized. It's like they they nailed that perfectly. So. Um, I think, um, this, this is the, the hardest part for me about my, my rating. I, I you don't, know, you know, it's okay to give it higher if you want. Yeah. I, I mean, I want to give it a four, seven, five, but I think I'll give it a 4.5. Okay. Okay. D your turn. Um, kind of like in the same boat. It was very interesting to see how the bucks and FTR was actually going to work together. And, you know, and it was like as the match progressively got on, they were basically starting to feel a little bit more, uh, you know, calm, cool, and collected around each other and trusting each other a little bit more. You know, you got uh, Cash and I think Matt trying to do like the whole BTE trigger thing and, you know, trying to do like the, um, what was it? Not Big Rig, but... Shadow Machine. Yeah, Shadow Machine and things like that. Just doing... Those little, you know, homages to each other's moves were actually pretty cool. It's a good way to kind of like really get the crowd going. And, you know, the big the big um, set where they're all like jumping off the turnbuckles and things like that. Freaking amazing angle for that. Um, props to Colton for basically just taking that type of punishment because, I mean, that looked pretty, pretty damn brutal. And, you know, and for like, you know, like you were saying, it was a hot minute where everything was like the Juice Robinson show. You know, yeah, don't yeah, get in I'm, I'm going to talk that. about that. Yeah. But, but I mean, it's just so much fun because he's just so freaking over the top, you know. But it works for, you know, that group because he's like the dude who, you know, in the movies who are always like the hothead, you know, like, oh, man, like freaking he just needs to control himself, but he can't control himself. Um, but no, there's, there was a lot of good moments in this one. And um, just overall, I think what makes AEW just so unique is that, it doesn't matter if it's like a uh, like a Claudio Eddie Kingston tag match or this eight man tag match. It's just I don't know how they do this, but they always make their tag matches. Uh, the, like I said, the tag match is almost as good as the darn single ones. You know, it's just that's just a, a ode to just you know with the talent that they have there because you know tag matches can you know kind of be kind of mid if you're not if you don't have it. 
the way the way that you need to be but it's just it's just unique that they put a lot of um time and effort into those tag matches and those things are you know they're, they're some of some of the best matches that they provide are with tags which is usually you don't think that's usually the case um but with that being said with all the stuff that ftr and young bucks did uh, and even though i did pick um i did pick the um uh the Bullet correct. Club, yeah, yeah, but I did pick Bullet Club. But even with that, though, there was just some moments where I'm just like, ah, man, this is well, I, I don't screw this one up. But the fact they were still able to get that window was very, very impressive. I mean, because they definitely threw a lot at them, and you know that they still end up winning, and that's what had that's what had me nervous the whole time because I'm like, man, they're really throwing some decent stuff at these guys and somehow or another they're able to actually still pull it out and it was kind of cool how they did it because it you know because it all kind of kind of came to a head you know at the end like that and uh yeah they got the one two three so i'm like wow okay well that's that's good it's good for bullet club gold because they you know they need to build you know build that faction up build up uh jay white and everything you know make sure that he's actually you know being useful you know, in a sense like that. So I'm, I'm, I'm freaking, uh, I enjoyed that one. That's, that's another four for me. So <clears throat> my thoughts is it was surprising that Bullet Club Gold got the win. It was all around just fun, fun. It was a fun, momentous match, you know, from start to finish. And of course the MVP being rock hard, Juice Robinson. Honestly, if it was just a four-on-one match with Juice being the only one from Bullet Club Gold, he would still be able to hold that match together because it was that fun. You know, he is the wild card. He is unpredictable. And it was wonderful. It was a great time. You know, for me, it's a four still because there were a couple spots here and there that were, eh, but overall, for what we got, it was great. And it still gives us a little drama between Young Bucks and FTR. Even though they didn't come to blows, mm-hmm. you can tell that they were upset. And I have a feeling that they're going to run it back with that eight-man tag as well. Or it's going to become a triple threat for the titles. I have a feeling that's going to be next. Could be. But anyways, going on to our main event for the international title, Orange Cassidy versus John Moxley. Now, some news here. Orange Cassidy has held that title for 326 days. Day in, day out. Every pay-per-view being on Dynamite, being on Rampage, being on Collision, defending it. If there was a man that epitomized workhorse at this point, it would be him. Not Roman Reigns. Mm -hmm. Don't get me wrong. Roman Reigns, whenever he was a full-timer, yeah, he was working. But this man is a workhorse. Actually, here, let's compare. Orange Cassidy and Gunther. Complete beast when it comes to defending and being active. But Orange does it more. 
because he's on Dynamite. He's on Rampage. He's on Collision. He never takes any breaks. And you can tell that he's banged up. You can tell that he's worn down. But yet, the passion he had for that belt and how he elevated it, Mm -hmm. that definitely carried into this match. So, D, I'm going to start with you. Your thoughts on this match and your rating. Um, so I've been definitely been following him ever since he's actually uh won the belt. So it's it was definitely it's been one uh hell of a run. Like you said, he's faced a uh gauntlet of different people in different ways in every single match, you know, he's always kinda, you know, gave it his all with everything. So um it was it was kind of weird seeing him, you know, basically drop it. Personally, I was hoping that if it was to happen, that he would have dropped it to like Miro or something like that. Um, but you know, like I said, he's had he's had a hell of a run. There's been a lot of like really good five star matches that he's had on um, Dynamite um, with people who he's gone up with, and it's, and you know it's been great. Now, as far as the match is concerned, yeah, it, it was definitely uh, with someone like Moxley, which is someone he hasn't gone up with, gone toe to toe with. You know, it definitely drained a lot out of him. Um, I mean, Moxley wasn't messing around at all, and it got really uh, physical real quick. You know, so no punches were hold was held or anything like that. I mean, he. He gave it all he you know, all he had towards uh, Moxley, and I guess you know it's pretty it's pretty intense when his whole like shtick thing, you know, all of a sudden just kind of gets into more like like violent kicks at that one point. Yeah, it's just like, yeah. it was like oh, and it's like ah, you know, just going all crazy and everything like that. Um, but no, that was I mean, yeah, he left them freaking. Broken, beaten, and scarred for sure. So, I mean, that's it's a heck of a way to go out. And, you know, before the match even started, like, they had that little, like, pause thing. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, the way he's kind of, like, looking around and all that type of stuff, it's kind of like, uh, oh, <laughs> this, this, that's like one of those, like, little, little, like, you know what? I had a really good run type of looks and stuff. As he's, like, kind of looking around the crowd, I'm like, all right, so this is going to be one of, like, these, like, swan song performances he's like i'm gonna do all this stuff i'm gonna do everything in the book but you know i know it's getting ready to happen so but yeah. um yeah it was it was a heck of a match good build up you know he you know getting so much like mic time and seeing him like cut these like promos and stuff i'm like this is pretty impressive you know and nothing you know against someone like gunther or anything like that but it's just like you said it's just a different type of style with him because he's definitely out there you know, every single day and different kinds of, you know, matches and things like that. So, um, yeah, props, props to Cassidy for sure, man. Um, and with, you know, Moxley, I'll be curious to see how, who he's going to be taking on defending that belt and things like that. So, cause I guess my thing is it's an international belt, but you don't want to turn into like a United States champion type yeah. of thing, you know? Yeah. So that's that's the reason why I was kind of thinking they would give it to somebody who is from like outside the country, you know, just to make it look like it's if it's more, yeah. you know. Well, and I mean, technically, you know, with it being, you know, Blackpool 
it's technically across the pond, at least for us. So yeah, true. So what was your rating on this? Um, I'll give this. I'll probably give this one a five, just because of uh all all the stuff that went into it. So I'll give that one a five. All right, JJ, your thoughts? I I enjoyed the match. Uh, I think that again the the guys in the ring did a great job putting it on. Um, I knew that it was one of the longer matches, but it didn't feel like it was any that much more, you know, longer in duration compared to the other matches that they they had during the night, which was nice. That's that's usually my gripe when you start getting into the sort of the main event type uh, matches because there is just so much more, you know, stuff that gets dragged out because you know they're they're obviously they are you know, putting their bodies through a lot to put this on. And, you know, when you think about it, they, it's, tw- you know, 20, 30 minutes straight. And the only rest is what you get to see them sitting there on the, on the mat. So it's like, you know, you, you have to catch your breath when you can type of thing. Mm-hmm. And, and it was nice that they were still able to convey you know, all of these different aspects of the story and and sort of the emotion involved and the the stakes and all in all, you know, it was it was a good good match to watch and and uh you know, props to them for, for going through it and um I will give this a four and a quarter. <clears throat> this match by far was one of the best Orange Cassidy matches. And mind you, he's had close to a year to put on excellent match after excellent match after excellent match. But this one was truly the test of him going from mid-card to main event. You know, he's never main evented an actual pay-per-view. Sure. The international title has never been placed in such a high regard up to this point. And him facing off against Moxley, the clash of styles, both of them having the never say die attitude, everything that they put into it, the blood, the tons of blood just from Cassidy. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Granted, Moxley didn't bleed at any given point in time in this. That's a miracle. But the blood, the sweat, the tears, the raw emotion that came from Orange. By far, this was his best match. And yeah, during all his promos and vignettes, he's always mentioned how the backpack gets heavier after every defense because, you know, that's where he kept the title. And it's true. Every time you win, there's always going to be someone challenging. Mm -hmm. There's always going to be a new pressure. And for him to be champion for as long as he was, it shows how much in regard he is in AEW. To that, I'm going to say that this is my second five of the night. Yeah. Because this match was just 
from bell to bell amazing. Everything that they did. And yeah, Moxley had the majority control, but when Orange came back, he came back with a vengeance. Even to his last stand, hardly (laughs) being able to stand, and instead of putting his hands in his pockets, Mm -hmm. giving Moxley the two-bird salute. And and it was like so much better than the one that we got last week from uh, Chris Jericho. Yeah, let's not talk about Jericho. <laughs> no, no, just in that contrast, because like, <laughs> yeah. his was Jericho. sort of this like pathetic, like, hmm, and then you've got Orange, Orange Cassidy that is like legitimate, like, you can tell he's he's at, you know, the end of his rope, and he's still able to, you know, get up, stand and here in defiance. Exactly. Yeah, it took him two death drivers to basically yeah. take him out. So. And it shows the resiliency mm-hmm. and the tenacity. Yeah. And also, my predictions are going to be Ricky Starks and Orange Cassidy to Blackpool Combat Club because, mind <laughs> you, those matches, and they always say, forged by blood. So I could see them <clears throat> being lobbied for Blackpool Combat Club, which would be amazing. I don't think it would happen. No, mm-hmm. I think there's... Ricky think Starks more so joining, yes. Orange joining... It's not in his character. And no, it wouldn't sure. mesh with Blackpool. Nope. But overall, it was a fun match. I loved it. And to Orange Cassidy, thank you for the many days, weeks, months, almost a year that you put into that title. It's always been fun watching you. And yes, we know that you've been banged up. I mean, kinetic tape has been holding you together for pretty much that extent of time. Mm -hmm. So now this is a chance for you to actually rest, recoup, and hopefully we see you in more main events because, good Lord, man, you you put it out there. You showed up, you showed out, and we just thank you here. Yep. So we'll see you next month at Wrestle Dream. <laughs> Probably. Mind you, Wrestle Dream is coming up October 1st, and we will be covering that. Even though, what was on our calendar anyways for the 1st of October? Uh, uh, oh, it was the John Bloomberg interview. Hmm. Well, so uh, gotta do that. Gotta uh, do the John Bloomberg. Uh, did we actually have him booked and ready? I don't know. I don't know. Well, I thought it was your person, man. Yeah, that's, I, your, deal. Yeah, that's your deal, bro. Who? Oh, wait, 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 wait. Jan Blue. Oh, that's, oh, that's Sally. That's Sally's friend. Oh. The one that runs the haunted house. Oh. oh. Okay. Um, We can probably do, wait, October 1st is a Sunday, right? Mm, yeah. Um, We can probably. We may have to switch some stuff around. Or do a double shot on the 30th. Double Mm. shot of espresso. Yeah, we can do a double shot on the 30th of September. Because we're doing the Black Air Force Energy um, characters. So. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Mind you, with our show, things are extremely flexible. Mm. But anyways, let's give our overall impression and review of... AEW All Out 2023 in Chicago. Starting with JJ, what is your overall rating for this? Um, what did I give uh, Payback? 
Uh, 4.25, I think. I, this is a four and a half. <laughs> if I remember correctly, it was like a 4.25 or a four. Yeah, or something it, like it, that. that whatever, whatever it was, it, it, this was better. All right. In my opinion. <laughs> All right. D, your final rating for this pay-per-view. Uh, I'm going to give this one an A, honestly. It's just for it to come basically a week after All In, and you're kind of thinking, oh, this is going to be a lame duck, you know, type of thing. I think it's it's pretty pretty damn impressive for them to have back-to-back pay-per-views like that. Like, I can't even say that out of, like, WWE if they've been able to really string something like that together. Right. Because, I mean, yeah, what, SummerSlam and Payback? Yeah. And it's just like, mm-hmm. and then the whole hum where they have, um, what's their next pay-per-view that they have for WWE? The, uh, I don't know, the Halloween, no, that's the NXT. No, because I know they're wrestling in India this weekend. Oh, that's the little star the, India. Su- yeah, the superstar spectacular. Showcase. Yeah. But, mm, uh, excuse me, folks. It is getting kind of late here, but, um. I think it's, I can't even remember. But oh, it's Superstar Spectacle. Yeah, that's in India, but what's the next pay-per-view? Like oh, next after next, that one? Yeah. Because mm. I don't even think we're going to be watching Super, Superstar Spectacle. Is that even going to be on a PLE? Probably. Yeah, Got everything else on that darn thing. True. Mm. I want to... Uh, why does No Way Out keep popping in my head? They haven't done a No Way Out no in forever. No Way Out. No Way I don't know. Uh, let's see. Uh, No Mercy? Yeah, there we go. No oh, Mercy. okay. Yet another one that's not going to have the bloodline really involved. Yeah. Thank God. I mean, what? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm with you there. <laughs> but... <laughs> Anyways, my uh, my overall for this is going to be 4.5. It was a great show. It was definitely better than Payback. Oh, and, yeah. And Leaps and bounds. Mind you, I enjoy WWE, but AEW definitely showed up and showed out for two weekends in a row. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I said, it's just, I don't know. I'm, I mean, I'm probably am a little biased. I have nothing against WWE. They have their moments, don't get me wrong. But, I mean, after what I just saw AEW pull off in a span of two weeks, that's that's pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah, it really is. And, you know, once again, I don't have anything against WWE as well. Mm-hmm. I like WWE. Whenever they're firing on all cylinders, they're firing on all cylinders. They're yeah. doing stuff that's amazing. But... I just personally like the the talent that they have right now because of possibly even just nostalgia reasons for me, you know, watching sort of the later end of the Attitude Era. It just, it doesn't seem to measure up to me. Yeah, it's a, I always tell people, like, when I watch AEW, I feel like it's more, it's like I'm at a, um, you know, house party compared to, like, being at... WWE is more of like your like you know your little big club stuff that people be trying to get into. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it looks great. It's very like bright, very bright, you know, and you know shiny and sparkly and things like that. But 
you compare that to being like at a house party and you just kind of feel like people it's you're a, more at home and yeah, yeah it's more of like an intimate experience kind of like what we watch during you know i mean like like you'll get like you know the little la night little thingies here and there but i don't know if you'd be able to see what you know what they did with like hops and um mm-hmm. miro if you'd see that equivalent in wwe to that level maybe mm-hmm. not like only if Big E was involved, which, as we know, Big E probably won't be wrestling again. So, but yeah. Um, anyways, it's getting extremely late. Even though y'all get to enjoy Labor Day, I don't. Yeah, but you Yay, get to work. like go to the movies, right? The <laughs> zoo. I'll probably help him with the zoo, but the movies. I don't want to go to the movies. But they honestly. got Spider Verse there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they do have that uh, Oak Park, but uh, I spend enough time with my students. Oh, I see. I, I enjoy my students, but not that much. Being able to go train and, you know, do this and be at home and have my own time away from mm-hmm. them, it's a good way to de stress from all of the headaches that I do have at work. Yeah. And mm-hmm. there's quite a few that happens, but. You know, and don't get me wrong. I love what I do. I love what I do. But sometimes it could be a little much. And I have to, especially now with me being diabetic and it's mostly all stress related. Mm-hmm. I have to start prioritizing my personal time. Yeah. And, you know, thankfully I don't have to be on center 24 seven like I was. And I get to enjoy life for once. I actually get to start training and teaching and everything I want. So no offense to my students because I know a few of them listen, but I'm sure they understand that I have to take time for myself too. But anyways, I'd like to thank my wonderful co-host, the Looking Glass crew, for joining me. So thank you, J.J. Walkies Esquire, for joining me tonight. Happy to be here as always. And thank you, D Twizzle, for joining me tonight. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Man, <laughs> meaty man matches forever. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Just because of that, instead of just going through the wonderful, this has been another episode of Cheshire's Place of Looking Glass and Illogical Madness, my normal outro, our outro tonight, because I want to hear it one more time. Get that slapping going. <laughs> yep. Because, as I said, I want to hear it one more time. This is going to be our outro for the night. So exciting to be a part of an AEW major event like this. Meet Forever chant here in the United Center. Could be a new game mode coming to AEW Fight Forever, available on your favorite gaming console. Alongside the Steve Stampede and are some brutal shots back and forth. Nero's out on his feet. Nero's going to the wall. Nero counters instinctually and scores a big time knockdown. The kick takes down Hobbs. Miro covers. Have a good night, everyone.